In a world filled with movies, it can be hard to choose just one to watch. What do you want to watch? I don't know. What do you want to watch? I don't know. What do you want to watch? I'm not deciding this. What do you want to watch? I asked first. Come on. What do you want to watch? No. What do you want to watch? What do you want to watch, Patrick? What do you Where even watch? narrowing down a you genre can be a struggle. How about we watch a drama? Too many emotions. Okay, then how about we watch an action film? Too many explosions. I know, I know. Let's watch a horror movie. Oh, uh, Dad, just do an interview already. Welcome, everybody, to the Diecast Movie Podcast, where this episode we have a special interview brought to you by my dad. Take it away, Dad. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Diecast Movie Podcast. I'm, I'm at the Monster Bash, and I'm joined by the, the wonderful and talented Veronica Carlson. How are you doing tonight, Miss Carlson? I'm doing very well. It's lovely to be here. Thank you. Oh, I'm so glad you were able to let me have time to do this interview because you've been like a fixture for the Monster Bashes, and I've met you at Mid-Atlantic Nostalgia Convention. That's right. Yes. And it's just amazing how you were so nice with your time and enjoyed the fans. What's it like for you to be at these conventions and getting to meet everybody? Well, after this long departure from life as we know it, it's been amazing. I didn't know what to expect. And in fact, I was reluctant to leave my home. I thought, you get a little bit agoraphobic after a while when my only adventures were going shopping. But it's been an amazing experience. And seeing old friends and meeting up with people that, that I've known for years has been an absolute delight, taken me out of my shell and made me live again, really. And I think that's the one nice thing about Monster Bash is it's like a, that family atmosphere. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. And I'm so happy to be here. Now, what led you to start your career? What was, when you were growing up, what led you to this path of becoming an, an actor, an artist, a model? I mean, you've done so many different things. Yes, I know. Um, as a very young child, I was always, you know, acting. And when we lived in Germany, when my father was stationed there, we had a big bow window. And, uh, with drapes, and I thought, always thought that was my stage, and I was always doing something. Uh, creativity has always been part of Mathematics was never a part of me. So my <laughs> father gave up on mathematics and me. But I was always creative, and I was always happy to be in the land of make-believe. I was an avid reader of uh, books. In those days, we read all the classics, and I was always head by head in a book, being somewhere else. And I became a fan of the Hammer movies, and a very, very great fan. And I would take myself off to see Peter and Christopher many times as I got older, with 15, 16, on my own. And then I went into college at the age of 16 and discovered that many more people were fans of Peter and Christopher. And the story goes on. That's what it happened. I just knew somehow <laughs> I would be there on that screen. I didn't know how. And that's the thing. I think sometimes people find that that vision or that dream that they want to go to, and you're lucky enough to be able to hit that because not everybody's able to have that chance to hit yes, it. Yes, I know that's true. Yes, but I had I had strange dreams. I had dreams of recognition, and uh, they were all around, centered around this situation that I found myself in, and uh, I was very lucky. I don't know how it. I do know how it happened. I took some judo lessons, 
and uh, went for a, an audition, not dressed appropriately, I discovered, because I was in ordinary slacks and a little sweater, and everyone else was in bikinis and bathing suits and tanned and beautiful and fantastic. <laughs> I, 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 big hair, eyes and everything, and I thought, I'm just here. I tried to get out of the stage door in Pinewood. I thought I'd just exit gracefully. And Gerald Thomas beckoned me, looked at me straight in the eye and beckoned me. And he just said to me, um, what can you do with this stunt girl? And I said, I can throw her over my head. So I did, and I got a role in The Magnificent too. And then the rest is, then the rest happened. And you had, and you had a lot of rest that happened. And before I get into the Hammer films, I mean, you worked with somebody that everybody knows Roger Moore oh I know <laughs> and uh, what was it like working with with Ro I mean Roger Moore it's, it's I love watching his work for the saint his movies I saw a cross plot which you were in and that the same episode recently that you were in and what was it like with it, it was amazing I, I'm trying to remember the first time I met him I we had a he was a lovely lovely guy when I was working in Pinewood if he if he saw me at lunch, we'd go and have a glass of milk together because we both had upset tummies. We were all looking after our tummies, <laughs> well, you know, with ulcers and things. Um, and he was a lovely, uh, he became a lovely friend of mine. And he got to meet my parents and my, well, my mother who bossed him around a little bit, I have to say, <laughs> so embarrassing. But uh, yeah, he invited me down to a health farm to have a dinner with him and another friend. And uh, my mother was saying, now look, Roger, she has to be back by 9.30 because she's got to go and see her godmother. Not yes, Mrs. Gazier, I'll make sure she's back. And I thought, she's telling Roger Moore off in the middle of the street <laughs> in 56 Rupert Avenue, High Wycombe. And it's so <laughs> incredible. But he took it. He was down to earth and he was lovely. He was lovely to work with. I, think, I don't think anybody didn't love Roger. There was nobody that didn't love Roger. It seemed to me, when you see him like in the interviews, and behind the scenes, he had such a, a, a self-depreciating humor and yes. just loved life. Yes, he did. Oh, he was absolutely, I think it annoyed the blazers out of Gene, <laughs> Gene Barry, because on the set, Roger was always playing tricks and jokes, <laughs> keeping everyone happy. And uh, Gene Barry did not like that. And then I was very angry about that. But I think he must be the only man that didn't adore Roger. When, when we had the, the uh, rape scene and that horrible rape scene in the, uh, the, the Frankenstein movie, mm. he realized, he knew, he heard, he was on another stage and he heard how upset everybody was. And he came over to comfort me and Peter and reassure, oh, he was wonderful. That was the kind of guy he was. Really, I didn't know, I didn't, it's amazing when you think of him, he was like a knight in shining he armor really was. in real life. Yes, he really was. Uh, uh, that, that, that's something I never knew. You know, that's, I'm really, uh, that's how he was, yeah. yeah. And I, uh, it's one, nice when you hear about heroes that you grew up watching and being able to be that person in real life. Yeah. yeah. And, and speaking of the Hammer movies, I mean, you were in several Hammer movies. I mean, basically, Frankenstein Must Be Destroyed, The Horror of Frankenstein, Dracula, Dracula Has Risen from the Grave. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all those things. What? what any thoughts and memories about working on any of those particular films? So many memories, so many thoughts. Um, I had preconceived ideas because I thought Christopher would be very aloof because he was so so tall, so aristocratic, and I was in, in fear of him being a 
you know, a, an actor who was really talking down to somebody who really hadn't done much except in college and stage in college. He was the opposite, and he was adorable, and I, I was immediately at home. And of course, the first day I was at Pinewood to, to shoot mm. uh, the Dracula movie, Peter was there, and they were awarded, Hammer was awarded the Queen's Award for Industry. Uh, it was an amazing day, and I, I was part of that. And I thought, I shouldn't really be here. I haven't done anything to deserve to be here. But Pete, uh, Peter and Christopher were amazing. And that, that was my foray. I, I had the thought that they would be above, but they weren't. They were part of. And uh, it, it was an amazing thing to know that, just alone to know that. That's one of the things nice when fellow actors are supportive of each other and give that extra, because if they're just they're not wanting themselves just to look good, but they have to realize if everybody looks good, it improves everybody's yeah. abilities. And it, it, uh, those two men were just bar none. I mean, they are hammer. That's absolutely <laughs> right. Well, Christopher would wear those awful contacts. He never complained, ever. And they, they were a difficult thing to, to cope with. And that cape, and I asked him one day how beautiful it was. I said, "How it must be very heavy." And he slipped it off his shoulders and put it around my on my neck. My legs nearly buckled, and I, <laughs> it was incredible. It must have weighed about thirty pounds. That robe was so heavy. But when I was carried up the mountain by Eddie Powell, his stand-in, mm -hmm. Eddie Eddie wore a very much lighter robe. I mean negligible in weight of course thank god but of course my head was hanging over the precipice as we walked up the mountain and i was saying to eddie please don't drop me please don't drop me <laughs> i never thought anyone would be ever strong enough to hold me hold my weight and eddie was saying don't worry don't worry we're fine and we obviously made it because i'm still here so we, we did a good job I was just going to say, I can't imagine you being, like, for anybody that's a strong actor, being like, oh, you're going to be heavy. I mean, you, you, that's <laughs> no, just that's just amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, it was fantastic. And Peter Cushing, you know, yeah. you're talking about, working, you worked with Peter Cushing in not just Hammer movies, but in other movies besides yes. that. Yeah. Um, any thoughts on Mr. On yeah, him? I had two different people in Peter. The Peter I met before his wife passed away mm. and worked with. And the Peter I met after where his wife had passed away and I worked with on the Gaul. Two different Peters, as, as gracious as ever, but Peter was lost without Helen and he mourned very deeply and very long. It was very difficult. And I remember we had a scene in the Gaul that was extraordinarily difficult when he had to, he all, Peter always had a photograph of his wife on the set somewhere. And I would always go look for, see where he'd put it that day before anyone else had gone on the set. And he'd put it on uh, the mantel shelf of the, I knew where it would be because it was, for, you know, foretold in the film, it was in part of the script. And he picked up his uh, wife's photograph and recounted her death. That was the story in the Gaul. And he started to break down and, uh, Freddie Francis, he asked for another take and then another take and then another take. The only reason that Freddie was the kindest director you could ever work with, but what he brought out in Peter was extraordinary and he saw it happening and he kept taking it and getting it on tape and film that Peter's grief was so immense. 
And he saw it happening. And then in the end, Peter said, I can't do any more. And he walked off the set. And I don't know when, I don't know when he, I don't think he came back that day. I don't remember much of that day. But I do remember the cast, we, I, and the, all the crew members were wiping their eyes and walking away in the dark. They switched the lights off. And we were all crying. Every one of the crew members, the cameraman, the, the lighting technician, everybody was, were wiping their eyes. Everybody loved Peter very, very much. Because he seemed always so proper and, yes. and dignified. And, yes. And then I also know he had a love for like toy trains and toy things. It's, so he had the childhood part yes, of him, too. Yes, he did. And little soldiers. We, we, he took me to his flat in London. We were going to discuss the rape scene. It was a horrible thing to do. But we had to do it. And they saw all his soldiers. Oh, my goodness. It was absolutely astounding. But I remember we tried to, to how are we going to do this decently? How are we going? And in the end, we were wiping. We were both very emotional. And he said, and he got a hold of my hand, and he said, darling, j just remember it isn't me. It isn't me. It, w it isn't me. He said it three times. And I tried to remember it wasn't him. But he was... Uh, he was a man to be greatly respected and admired. I think everybody that's ever seen, like I said, Peter Cushing in his films, and, and some people remember the Hammer films, and some of the younger generation remember him from Star Wars. Yes. And so on. And it's just amazing how he had such a diverse career. It, yeah. Everybody made sure that Peter never stopped working. They wanted to save his life. Now, one person I want to ask you about who was a Hammer regular but never really had the starring role. Michael Ripper. You You're know exactly where I was going, yeah, I yes. Know. <laughs> no, Peter, <laughs> Peter and Christopher said, oh, we're starring in another Michael Ripper movie. <laughs> 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 so Michael Ripper was adorable. I mean, he was, he was everybody. A wonderful actor. I used to sit and watch him work when we were doing the Dracula movie. And uh, I, I just... He's the sort of man that you felt you'd known all his, all your life, and you'd never met him before, but you'd known him all your life. That was that was Michael, and uh, <laughs> at the end of his days, I think he just he didn't know really who he was or why he was there, but the adoration of people and the applause he received. I remember him standing on the stage and being amazed and wondering why. But he was so loved, and everybody showed their love for him, and his wife, of course, explained it. But the wonderment in his face was amazing. But to see him lose himself was very sad. It, yeah. it is sad. I, I think a lot of us as listeners and, and myself had, had relatives that— Yes. And it's, it's such a sad thing to have happen. As, it's cruel, yeah. And, but the good part is that we always have the memories— of prior to that and yes, that's the yeah. thing to enjoy and that's and that's one of the things i think to do these interviews get these recorded so that way generations later people can go back and that's find out these things about the people think, in the past yeah, that's a real gift isn't it it's the gift we give somehow it's wonderful now you were in a movie just a couple of years ago house of the gorgon oh house of the gorgon yes yes with uh, my friend joshua kennedy yes who wore like 5,000 different hats of directing, <laughs> writing, producing, and yeah. acting, and everything else. But you were with... Martine. Martine Beswick yeah. and Caroline Monroe and, and, Caroline and Christopher Nee. What yeah. was it like on oh, that set? Oh, it was set? amazing. Talk about playground. We were children in a playground again. It was amazing. And uh, I remember 
He's a devout fan of Hannah. And he had four leaves. And I, one day, he, they were groveling around on the floor. They'd done a scene, and they'd had a wind machine. And I said, what are you looking for? And they said, leaves, we're looking for leaves. And I thought, well, there's plenty of leaves. Go out to the trees and just take them off the tree. No, these are special leaves. They found four special leaves. When Joshua was a little boy, about seven or eight, he'd gone to Pinewood, and he'd gone to Black Park, and he picked up four leaves, and he had them in a little box, a, a little lined silver, a little beautiful wooden box, and those were his special leaves. So he had to have them back. That's how keen he was. And the other thing he did that touched me very greatly, he had a tiny statue of Michael Ripper. And he said, I want you to put this on the bar. And he made sure it was me that put it on the bar, Michael Ripper. He was deeply sensitive about that. And of course, all the, all the paintings in there were of mm -hmm. you know, Christopher and Peter. Oh, an incredible Hammer fan. Oh, he is. And I, I think it was... Uh, one of those passions of his whole life to be able to do that and yes. and to give you guys a chance to come back and to revisit that gothic horror for yeah. I mean, uh, that week to go and, and it, it's just such a joy because you could see that you're all having so much fun well it was fun but you know i think it was caroline's fault because we came out of the theater having watched a movie here to made of the minotaur and she said, well, why can't we do it again? So Caroline said that, and that was it. Because <laughs> Caroline said it, that's what happened. You know? And of course, um, Martine is known as Mrs. Josh, <laughs> Mrs. Josh Kennedy, because so he, he adores her so much. Oh, yes, he and, does. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they are an ideal couple. No, we, oh my God. It's like family when we're together. It's, it'll never change. And your character, was something a lot different than I've ever seen Very, you before because yeah. you got to play the comedic yeah. slush. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, and uh, there was never a glass of wine anywhere near me. It was <laughs> so, <laughs> that would have been helpful if that. <laughs> no, it was funny. I was trying to, you know, um, it was it was lovely, and it was lovely working against uh, opposite Caroline's daughter as well. It, it's just a treat. Um, yeah, we had fun. Oh my God, we had fun. I was gonna say, you steal every scene that you're in because, as we all know, that the comedic part just steals the scenery, and <laughs> and and you're in there. And I, I, it's just one of those films of, of listeners. If you haven't seen it, you have to see the House of the Gorgon. It's it's just a, such a tribute to the Hammer past. Yes, it is. And yeah. with it, so much love. Yes, it is a tribute. Jo Josh is an amazing human being. <laughs> He's, he's a dynamo, and his sister as well. I mean, the whole family is amazing. Now, one thing I want to ask you, somebody told me you were mistaken one time as Lady Penelope from <laughs> Thunderbirds to ask yes. you about that. Oh, my God, that was so, I know, it was a very strange story. And I was asked, early, early before any hammer, I was asked to do a car commercial, and they asked me if I could drive. I'd never driven in my life. But I said, yes, of course I can drive, because I wanted the job. <laughs> So here I am in this incredible car that you can't get out of, all dressed up to the nines. And this very different kind of lady comes up. I'm sure she's passed now. And she banged on the window. I mean, this huge bang. And I jumped. And she said, here, I know you. You're <laughs> Lady Penelope. I've seen you on the telly. And I thought, my goodness. She, she was convinced I was Lady Penelope. 
And I, I tried to get the window down. I tried to get out. She said, I see you on the telly. I know you're Lady Penelope. And she said, what are you doing here? And they <laughs> said, we're filming a Bond film. And we've got Sean Connery. She got, you actually seen Connery here? Where is he? I want to see him. <laughs> and they pointed to the sound wagon, you know, with the wind. And she was jumping up and down trying to see into the wind. <laughs> I mean, it was a very strange, I don't know how I attract these people. But it happened. And uh, she, she was as innocent as she could be. And as, as strange, I know, I thought, well, you meet some really different people. You meet different kinds of people everywhere. Here I know who you are. You're <laughs> Lady Penelope. You know, I've never heard anyone say that to me before. <laughs> so I've been a Lady Penelope ever since. I, I look like a puppet. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the amazing part, because for, for those that didn't know Thunderbirds, it's, it's, yeah, that's it's, right. it's, they, that it's a not lovely, a real person. It was a lovely series. <laughs> I, lo I used to watch it. Yes, I remember. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if everybody knows that part, you know, but it's, it's something you have to seek out, or at least look it on YouTube to see if you could see some parts of it. Oh, yes. Now, one other thing I want to ask you about was your artist. You're, you're such a talented artist with drawing. And yeah. How long have you been drawing? And always, always. Long before I went to college, I was, uh, could, I, I've never stopped drawing. My father would encourage me. I think he realized I was never going to be a mathematician or anything or a scientist. But I always had a fascination for people's faces. And all through school, I would draw my friends. And uh, I remember I drew one of my friends, and she took it home to her mom. And she's, I said, um, and I called her Tom Bomb. And she said, I said, did your mother like it? She said, it made her cry. I said, why? Because it looks like my father. I look like my father. I got a likeness always. So Tom Bomb, anyway, I hope they have their, their sketches I did. They were very good likenesses. And of course I did Christopher. Do you know the gall of me asking that man to, to sit for me? He sat for 35 minutes without moving and allowed me to sketch him. And I sketched him from life, and I gave him the study. And, I, and of course, they took photographs. I didn't intend it for a publicity thing. I intended it as a gift of Christopher for being so gracious. And that's how approachable he was and, and how patient he was. He actually did that. And the other thing Christopher did, which was beautiful, he gave me an eye line. Um, when Freddie Francis asked me to look at my hand, darling, this is where you're looking. And I heard this lovely voice of Christopher say, Freddie, I'll be her eye line. And he acted behind the camera as if he were in the scene. He saved my life that day. I just, I couldn't act to a hand. I could act to this man. And apparently somebody had done the same thing for him as a young actor, which, and I've never stopped thanking him for that. I, I think when you have true professional actors, they realize that they, yes. they should do that, but then they also are going to expect you to reciprocate. And, yes. And I think that's what's missing sometimes. And, yes. Uh, with, with, with current actors. It's not always that, that old school professionalism. Yes, absolutely. That's there. Yeah, marvelous. When I think about it, I'm amazed that I ever li lived through such a wonderful time. It was an amazing time. Now, this Monster Bash, and this is Monster Bash in October of 2021, for listeners wondering, is a special one for you, a different one for you. Yes. Because you have family with you. Exactly. <laughs> yes, I have my grandson, Alex, with me, Alexander, and he's... Uh, I've known him since, well, I was privileged enough to be with the family when he was a very small baby. And I, I was privileged enough to be able to be there when his mother had to be out busy. And I was sort of raising him. 
and being with him. So he's he's my son as much as my grandson is. You know, I love him very much. And for you, what was it? What was it like having him here to get this experience? Because we're I'm, listeners, we're soon going to ask Alex from his point of view, but I want to get from your point of view. Oh my goodness! What was it like having? Um, family here for you because I mean you've never had that before yes so from your perspective I never really thought about it you know and <laughs> I had my granddaughter also uh, just a little bit older about well, about a year older a year and like I, two months yeah they they used to have a little tussle every now and then you know I said, Alex would go up to Cadence my my beautiful granddaughter and smack her and see what she did when he got the reaction he wanted. And I was saying, you shouldn't be smacking Kate. Oh, they had fun together. I think they love each other now. So I've got two older. My my granddaughter is like a daughter to me. My grandson is like my son to me. And the other littles, well, they're just little still. <laughs> and I'm, saying, I'm getting to know them. But uh, no, Alex uh, Alex is here to help and, so, and see who I am. His uh, father and... His uncle wanted him to know who I was before, before I was th their mother and mm -hmm. his grandmother. And I'd love him to talk to you about that and see how he feels. Because I don't know how he feels yet. Well, we're going to find out. So listeners, we're going to be passing yes. the microphone over to Alex. And, yes, uh, please. No, no problem. So Alex, I'm, again, I'm so happy you came out with your grandmother to do this. Uh, what coming here and seeing how... Veronica Carlson's been your grandmother mm -hmm. has been treated and I mean this what is it like from your point of view it's it's definitely entering a whole new situation like this is new to me it's kind of like a culture shock in a way it's I've seen only her pictures and I've never seen how other people would see her as a star and an icon I've only seen her as my nana so <laughs> It's definitely a step back. It's definitely different. And you said you saw her in some of her movies. Um, any particular, any thoughts about when you saw her in the movies before you came here? Like, because it must be different when you see somebody you know. Mm -hmm. The Dracula has risen from the grave was on a couple times at our house, and I remember just seeing it, and I wouldn't think much of it, but I'd be like, "That's that was you," kind of thing, <laughs> <laughs> and it's. It was now I'm, I'm I'm older and I'm appreciating it more, but then I didn't think much of it, and it's it's definitely something I could brag about to my friends, and I'd say, oh yeah, my my nana's famous, and it's it's really it's really cool. Oh, I think so. I'm just I'm happy you're able to come here because sometimes the younger generation doesn't realize what happened with their older relatives, mm -hmm. and just the, the thing is, you want to keep the stories going through in the family. Yeah. And that kind of thing. But uh, thank you for taking the time to, uh, you know, to talk about her and your, your perspective. And But besides that, just you walking around in a convention like this, what was it like for you? Just because you, your, your grandmother, basically, when she's here, she is like holding court usually. She, yeah. everybody, she just usually <laughs> is everywhere. I, I don't know how she ever does it, where she's everywhere at all times. Uh, mm -hmm. But what was your experience at Monster Bash? Uh, it's... It's one of my first really conventions I've been to, and it's definitely a welcoming one. It's been great. Um, a lot of names. I don't know a lot of them. Um, a lot of movies and things I feel like I should know, but I don't, but I want to know. Um, a bunch of experiences that I'm definitely going to remember, and it's it's definitely 
something to cherish. Well, thank thank you so much. And um, Veronica, thank you for doing this interview. I'm so happy that you're able to take the time to let me talk to you and, and, and things like that. It's been an absolute pleasure to meet up with you again and be able to talk about my my memories because the memories are all I have at the moment, you know, this horrible COVID thing and everything. And I'm so glad to be out and about again. It's amazing. Thank you for taking time to, to talk to me. I, I really appreciate it. Well, the, the pleasure is all mine. And, and, and Alex, again, thank you for joining us to get the, the younger family point of view. And, uh, yes, <laughs> I appreciate that. I think that's wonderful, that, that way to, re to reach the younger generation. But I don't talk about me when I'm with my family. I don't yeah. ever, I, I never have. Yeah, I know. I, I was, I was kind of closed book about it. I didn't know too yeah. much. No, I never spoke. I never spoke. I didn't introduce myself as I'm just their nana. <laughs> you know, and you know, mothers-in-law. I'm, I'm just me, and, uh, and I'm glad to be me here. The, the me here is a very happy me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, I think it's, I think it's different when people see the different roles that yes. you've played. Because as a, as a, as a, a, a woman, a mother, a wife, a yeah. grandmother, an actor, yeah. an artist, and he was able to see the art artist obviously in the other parts. But this is his first time seeing you in the, the actor heart where you're going around and getting people to give that recognition to you. I think that's wonderful. And I do thank you for that. Oh, yeah. again, you're welcome. And thank you for taking the time. And listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And Immensely. Yes, I, I think I they have. should. And listen in to the next episode. We're going to be doing a movie decided by the roll of a die, another interview. And otherwise, as always, be safe. Do something fun. Watch a Hammer movie tonight or something. Come on. Or at least watch House of the Gorgon. <laughs> Don't look. Shield your eyes. <laughs> For on the day you look upon them, you will surely die. House of the Gorgon. Why don't you let us alone? Get back on your train and leave us alone! Rumors circling around. Uh, mysterious happenings at night. Uh, strange noises emanating from the dark. Leave Karlstadt. Leave now and never come back. Stay away from them. They mean you great harm. Monroe as the Baroness. What was the sinister secret she hid beneath her dark spectacles? Martine Beswick as her sister Uriel, malevolent and evil. You would sacrifice all that we've done merely to quench your innate desire oh, for violence. Oh, what if I did? Veronica Carlson as Anna. The one woman in the village of Karlstadt willing to stand against these angels of death. I can fight you. We can fight you! Christopher Neem as Llewellyn, a man of faith locked in mortal combat with overwhelming evil. If we leave them alone, maybe they'll leave us alone. Also starring Joshua Kennedy as the mysterious Dr. Pritchard. And introducing Georgina Dugdale 
Gooey Film's latest star discovery, The Gorgon's Most Beautiful Victim. See all of this and more when you visit the House of the Gorgon. We cast you out! Every unclean spirit, every satanic power in the name 